Happy 2024. <gasps> yeah. Happy How gross is that? Wild. <sighs> it's a brand brand spanking new year. And then before we We're, know it, it's going to be 2025. And then it'll be 2026. No. And that's not a real no. year. And then it'll be 2027. And then we'll die. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I like that that's... At age 28, you were like, that's, that's enough. You think this world's going to last another three or four years? Hey, I didn't think I was going to make it to 20. So, here we are. Almost 25. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, yay. 2024. How, how are we, Jame? How are you? Uh, How's 2024 treating you so far? Can't complain yet still pretty new <laughs> but yeah there's plenty of time for things to go wrong i guess <laughs> sound like me talking about every relationship i've ever had <laughs> what can't about complain you? yet <laughs> um sticking decent. to those uh, <laughs> those, uh um, those new year's resolutions we talked about before the red bull in my hand will tell you that i'm not doing great on the waterfront mm. But there's still time. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a glass of water after this. I would like to watch. Oh. Anyway. Welcome to 2024. Yes. I don't know what this year has in store, but I'm excited for it. I'm terrified of what the universe has for us. But you know what? I have stopped saying it can't get worse, because it can, and it often does. (laughs) So, what I will say instead is that I am looking forward to all of the growth that we are going to have this year. Hmm. And I am looking forward to starting off Creeps and Coffee on an exciting and spooky note for our first show of this year. I'm Kate. And I'm Jane. And this is Creeps and Coffee. A show where we talk about the dark parts of the world around us. Cryptids, conspiracies, things that go bump in the night and the crimes behind the scariest creatures of all, humans. Join us as we take a look at the stories sure to give you the creeps. Pull up a seat, grab a coffee, and let's have a chat. So, to start off on this spooky little foot that we are, what are we talking about today, Jane? Um, kind of an obscure topic, but also not really, but I've also never seen anyone on a podcast talk about it before. Um... People of the supernatural, people involved with paranormal things, supernatural things, things that just simply can't be explained. Because there's a lot of different people, people with jobs. Um, Just in general, there's a lot of people with a lot of jobs. (laughs) No, no, there's a lot of people who can like make their, you know, powers, if you will, into careers into jobs, you know, you got Teresa from Long Island. <laughs> Just a typical Long Island mom. <laughs> Except for one thing. I talk to the dead. <laughs> so, like, just kind of anybody who has... <laughs> Teresa Caputo is our only example. <laughs> <laughs> you could say the, the, like, the movie The Sixth Sense. Mm. We, we would include the people with The Sixth Sense, Sixth Sense in here. The Shining. It's my favorite thing that Jamie does. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah, we're gonna. And there's some history, so Caitlin's happy. I'm so excited to talk about (laughs) history. Shocker! You guys thought it was gonna be New Year, New Me. Jokes on you. New Year, more history in the past. Would you like to start us off? I would love to. I would love to. (laughs) I'm also excited to start us off because I'm very passionate about finding people of the paranormal Mm -hmm. who are genuine and honest in what they do. Yes. Because I would like to preface all that we're going to talk about by saying that so many people don't believe that these people exist. Mm -hmm. They think every person who is involved in any sort of um, paranormal or supernatural connection 
or career or anything like that. They are so adamant that they are all fraudsters. They're all tricksters. They're all out to con people out of their money and out of their emotions. And while I will say that certainly is the case for a lot of the population, there are a handful of people who are so legit, it's scary. Mm -hmm. I know several of them personally, and it's nuts the things that I hear them say. Mm -hmm. It's nuts the things that they know without being told, and it's nuts the things that they can do. If you choose to believe in these things, fantastic. Please come along for the journey with us as we kind of delve into this. If you do not believe in these things, that's also okay. You are not being forced to believe in any of it. But what I will say is that I would like you to go into this episode with an open mind. We're not here to convince you that the paranormal exists. We're not here to convince you that there is a possibility to make those connections between realms, if there are other realms at all, whatever you want to believe. But what we are here to tell you, the purpose of this episode, is to acknowledge that there's a potential for there to be something other than just us. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people, that's a very, very comforting concept. Whether that be in a religious... Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Whether that be a religious concept where there is a God or a type of God and there is an afterlife. Whether that be the idea that there is a spiritual realm where we're all coming from and where we're all going and resting. Whether it be just that there's something bigger than all of us. We have no idea what it is, but that there's a purpose for us other than just existing. That can be a very, very comforting concept. And whether you choose to believe that or not, whether that is comforting for you or not, I think acknowledging the comfort that it can bring to other people can help you look at it from a different perspective. So even if it's not something that you believe in, even if you have a fervent belief that none of this is accurate, I encourage you to go into it with an open mind. If nothing else, consider how beneficial these aspects of things and these individuals can be to those who need them yes and if that still doesn't convince you maybe just give it a listen for some general knowledge you never know what might be an answer on a jeopardy game one day one day it's it's just at the end of the day it's cool stuff learning is fun i love learning and i love teaching yeah and i feel like that's something that you don't understand when you're, like, at least I didn't when I was a teenager. Learning was mandatory. Learning was I need to get good grades so that I don't disappoint my family. In university was I need to get good grades or I will die. <laughs> I Fair. need it to graduate. And now as an adult, I'm, like, I'm learning and doing my own research and being disciplined in my own research because it's fun. Because it's cool to know things. And it's interesting. I am of the belief that it has always been cool to know things. I mean, yes, but not all of us are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> not all of us were nerds in school. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I would, with all of that being said, whether you're looking at this from an educational standpoint or you have a personal connection to this, I'm excited and I would like to jump right in with my personal connection. Absolutely. Go for it. So when we're talking about people of the paranormal, when Jamie and I first kind of talked about doing an episode like this, immediately I knew that I wanted to talk about mediums. Not only because Teresa Caputo's accent is my favorite thing in the world and the Long (laughs) Island medium is something that I quote constantly, but because I find the idea of mediumship itself to be so fascinating. And Based on my personal experience with a medium, I've seen a lot of benefit from it, for me. So if you think about mediumship itself, it's known as the practice of mediating communication between the spirit world and the living reality. So that's where we get the term medium, is they're essentially a mediator. 
um, practitioners of mediumship are known as mediums, and they are often also referred to as spiritual mediums or psychic mediums. I would like to point out, and I'll go into more detail about this later, but the term psychic medium is not something that I've always necessarily agreed with because mediumship and psychic abilities don't always go hand in hand. The easiest way to look at it is to think that all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. So the point of a medium is that these specific practitioners have fine-tuned their intuition or their extrasensory abilities to connect with the spiritual realm, and they will often relay messages about the past, the present, and the future from loved ones, distant relatives, or spirit guides. These spirit guides can be connected to you in ways that you understand. They can also be what we consider a higher self, sort of a a spiritual connection to yourself as like an out-of-body connector. They can be they can be essentially whatever they need to be. You don't get to decide what your spirit guide is. They make that decision for you. And sometimes they are very vocal about it. <laughs> so mediums tend to be the ones that get a lot of flack. Mm. And I understand it because, again, there are a lot of people who prey on grief. They prey on vulnerability And they hope that by giving general information, if they're doing a quote-unquote reading on someone, they're hoping that if they can give enough general information, people can make personal connections and they'll come to assumptions on their own. Mm -hmm. These people are the stereotypical, like, oh, I'm sensing that somebody died. It could be a male figure or a female figure. Which one connects to you? and... (laughs) Yeah. Like very general like oh i'm sensing that there was a grandparent and it's like yeah you can probably tell if you're talking like if you're talking to a 30 40 year old yeah their grandparent is probably dead Mm -hmm. like the general aspect of it and to be completely honest i was very skeptical of mediumship until i met a man named jim hunt shout out jim (laughs) A humongous shout out. Jim is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, He has helped me through a lot of experiences. Uh, He's also a certified life coach, Mm. which definitely helps. Not only (laughs) does he kind of go about things with a spiritual sense and a spiritual connection, but he also is like genuinely qualified to give people advice. Mm -hmm. So he's been a huge help. Um, I met Jim through... (laughs) Here's me talking about Astonishing Legends again. Mm-hmm. I met Jim through a interview that he was doing with Astonishing Legends uh, with one of the hosts, Forrest. And they were doing sort of an interview with him on what mediumship was like. Um, and they randomly were picking people from this app called Fireside mm-hmm. that I had just downloaded. All that was on there was my first name. I had no information on the app. um, And I gave them no other information other than leaving a comment saying, yeah, I'd like a reading. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, fuck it, why not? Let's see what this guy can do. Um, In the 11 minutes that we had a conversation, Jim told me specific details about things that There is no possible way that he would have known. And Mm -hmm. I know that's the most cliche thing to say. I know that's what everybody says. And then you ask them and you're like, well, what, what could he have known? And they're like, well, my grandma's name was uh, like Mary. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, 90% of grandmothers are some variation of Mary. Yeah. The specifics that he went into were insane. Um, Didn't you call me crying, like, on Halloween night about this? I did. I did. Because it was so overwhelmingly enlightening. 
So to give an example, I just I was either I had either just started grad school or I was just finishing my undergrad mm-hmm. and thinking about what my research would be for my master's program. Mm-hmm. And I had not vocalized to anyone what my master's plan was. Mm-hmm. I had just changed my plan. I had just completely changed what I had applied for for my master's degree. Hadn't talked to anyone about it and had been sitting there thinking to myself for the past, the like last two days. It was a very, very new thought that I hadn't vocalized to anyone mm-hmm. that instead of just doing my master's, publishing my research and getting on with it, I wanted to publish it in a in a book series. I wanted to focus on the children that I was working with and turn it into not a textbook, but like an actual accessible book mm-hmm. that parents could learn from and talk to their children about grief. Like, very weird. There's no way that anyone would have known that. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that Jim said to me was, so when are you starting writing your book? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, the research that you're doing, the research that you've been doing for years, you want to publish it in a book, but you don't think anyone's going to read it. So we talked about that. He he talked a lot about my grandmother, who Mm -hmm. I was very close with, uh, but unfortunately she passed when I was 10 or 11. He said very specific things about her personality. She was a very... Yeah, it is. (laughs) She was a very unique lady. Um, and he described experiences that I had had where in the back of my mind, I thought this feels like a sign from Grandma T. Mm. And he said, do you remember when this happened to you? Your grandmother was there. Do you remember when this happened to you? Your grandmother was there. And just got, he got very personal without getting into too much detail because it was a live thing. He didn't want to air out my dirty laundry. Yeah. But he got very specific about some traumatic events that I had been through that obviously I had not talked to people about and how my grandmother was protecting me during those times, which is why I called Jamie sobbing (laughs) (laughs) in terms of like the spirit guides and the higher self aspect of things. I will never forget him telling me that my spirit guide, my higher self was very angry with me. for a few decisions, poor decisions that I had made. And he said, but just because she's angry at you doesn't mean that you have the right to beat yourself up over them. There's something very comforting about being able to talk to a person like that and not not have to bring up the things that are bothering you. What I've learned about mediumship is their, their ability to mediate those feelings because they're not looking at it from a personal perspective. They're looking at it from where your spirit and where your energy is transferred to, essentially, mm-hmm. and how that can affect when it comes back to you. A lot of people think that mediums are telling you the future. They think that they're, like, everything a medium says will happen, has happened, and they're able to tell you the future. And I think that's why a lot of people get caught up in like the fake aspect of it because they think there's no way that this person knows definitively what's going to happen. An argument I hear a lot is, well, if they knew everything, why aren't they betting on the lottery? Mm. Why aren't they winning all this shit? Why don't they know? Why aren't they preventing 9-11 and all of this shit? Because fundamentally, they're mediating the message of what potentially could happen. Mm-hmm. They don't know everything definitively. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. But what mediums are able to do when they're true to their core and true to their position, they're able to use past lives, past experiences from all realms, from the present, to be able to put together what the future could be. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you if you follow that or if you fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And the prime example that I give is that last year for Christmas, I got the person that I was seeing a session with Jim Mm -hmm. because he had a loved one that he had recently lost that he was hoping to connect to and get some insight 
on that because it was a very traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. They talked about that, got that covered. But Jim also talked about our relationship. And he told him if he wanted to put in the effort, within the next two years, we would be married. We would have a child. And things that we had planned would go ahead as planned. Mm-hmm. He, Jim mentioned things that my partner and I had spoken about that we hadn't told anybody. So it was very clear that he understood the unspoken between us. Mm-hmm. But I vividly remember him saying, but you have the potential to ruin that for you and for everyone. Mm-hmm. And saying, you're going to go through this. You're going to have this anxiety. But you cannot take it out on her because it will bring an end to all of it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, I would never. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. And Jim said, I trust you on that. But just know that you cannot take it out on her. Mm-hmm. Two months later, he took it out on me. And obviously, we did everything did not work out the way that we had planned it. Yeah. I called Jim about it. And the first thing Jim said to me, I didn't have to say anything. Jim said he did what I told him not to do. And I was like, oh, yep. <laughs> So, as much of a downer as that experience was, it was a fundamental proof for me that you are in control of what you do with the information that comes to you from a medium. Mm -hmm. They are not all-powerful telling you exactly what is going to be handed to you in life. They are able... Their role in the spiritual world is to give you the tools to prepare for any possible circumstance that has the potential to come from what you are doing in the moment and what you are doing based on your past lives. Mm -hmm. What you do with that information is up to you, and it will change how the future happens. But they are able to give you the tools to prepare for it as it comes. And I think in talking about the comfort that comes from people of the supernatural, I think maybe it's because I have control problems. (laughs) But having that mediating knowledge about how to prepare and what path you are on, not just in your current life, but along all your lifetimes, Mm -hmm. is very comforting for me. And that is my soapbox about mediums. So big shout out to Jim Hunt. I love that man. And yeah, I think I think mediums are when they are professionals and very true and accurate at what they do. They are a fantastic resource. When they are liars, I think they are con artists who take advantage of people who just want to connect to something bigger than them. And I think that's bullshit. Um, I will say for at least for my uh my people I want to mention, I don't really have any personal experiences with I guess either mine or yours that we've spoken about. Um mm. I would love to have a personal experience with any of these people. Um I just have not had the chance or opportunity or pleasure but that doesn't mean that I, I'm not open to believing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have more of a, here are the facts, this is what it is kind of take on them. So mm-hmm. I apologize. It's not as emotional and like connected as yours. But I was, was not really expecting awesome. mine to be that emotional and connected. But then I just really love Jim. So mine, my <laughs> first uh, topic, my first group of people... It sounds silly when I say it. They're called seers. <laughs> the Oxford Dictionary defines it as one that sees. <laughs> so it's somebody. Perfect. <laughs> You're a seer. I'm a seer. No. <laughs> um, so we are not seers. We wear glasses. Uh, you're right. I'm literally wearing them right now. <laughs> we can't see. <laughs> uh, so a seer 
in this sense is someone that predicts events or developments in the future, someone who has, you know, extraordinary moral and spiritual insight, apparently, or someone who practices different divination methods, uh, like using a crystal globe, which... Scrying? Yeah, I love me some scrying. Um, so seers are able to give insights into present and future events. Again, not 100% certainty, but their wisdom can still be of great value when making decisions, especially to people like politicians and Mm. other figures with power in the old times, like kings and stuff. Is it accurate? Not, we don't know. We can't really prove anything. But if somebody's coming up to the king and the king's court saying, this is going to happen, this crop is going to get destroyed, that's still something to take into consideration. Uh, You know, sorry. mm -hmm. You know what's very interesting to me about something like that? Yeah. Is how strongly things like seers were actually used historically. Well, yeah. Like, kings really were... Just like, please fucking tell me what's tell me what's happening. Well, do you remember um I wrote about the prophet Roman chickens? There, I do remember this. <laughs> there were chickens used, I think it was Roman, I can't remember anymore. Yeah, they were Prophet Roman chickens. It was. Um <laughs> they were regarded as like spiritual chickens that could prophesize the future and they had like their special feed that they were given by like royalty and they had someone watching them at all times and like when one of the chickens ran away it was like a considered a bad omen and then i like the king died a few weeks later or something like that and like yeah <laughs> it was just kind of a big deal um it's interesting to me this is not related whatsoever. I mean, on this on the same vein of what we're talking about now, but not related to the general topic. Yeah. It's interesting ADHD. It's interesting that people were so quick to believe things like that. And now in modern day, even though it was such a fundamental aspect of major decisions in politics, in religion, in court, people have disregarded it completely. Yeah. It's the government, As man. this, like, <laughs> fucking... God. Got a conspiracy I want to talk about. Yes. Anyway, before I derail this too much, Thank please you. tell me more about seers. Yes. So, more modern seers, if you will, could be people who practice uh, reading tarot cards, astrology, palmistry, a lot of people who participate in, like, Wiccan and pagan cultures, stuff like that, they can be considered seers. Just anyone with a little bit of that sixth sense, you know? Um, yes? Can I tell another personal story? Go for it. <laughs> that only because this is the funniest thing that I've ever seen happen. So, my friend Rosie. Love Rosie. Is prolific in this aspect of things. Mm-hmm. She is probably, I know I was just singing Jim's praises and I will continue to, <laughs> but Rosie is the most intuitively and spiritually connected person I have ever met. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic, but also awful because she knows what I'm thinking at all times. <laughs> and I've never been able to hide a single thing from this woman. And when I lived with her, it was terrible. <laughs> But the funniest thing I've ever seen happen was we were talking about people like Sears. And then we went to a Christmas market. And we were getting bracelets done. And we were just chatting to the lady at the booth. And then we were chatting with the lady who had the booth next to the bracelet lady. And the bracelet lady was telling this woman, like, asking what we all do. And telling this woman that Rosie had a proclivity for this sort of thing so telling this woman how good rosie was at what she does said like she runs like a tarot business she run like leads these meditations all this Mm -hmm. stuff the lady kind of made a snide comment about it 
because she didn't believe in it. And she was like, oh, tell me what I'm thinking then. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Rosie went, I don't think you want me to do that. And we were all like, what? And this woman goes, oh, well, now I'm intrigued. Tell me, tell me what I'm thinking. And Rosie goes, are you sure? She was like, yeah. And without a second thought, because Rosie is also the most savage person I've ever met in my life. And I love it so much. She goes, well, I know you're really bothered by how you can't stop thinking about how out of love you are with your husband and how you really wish that that other guy that you've been talking to would step up so you could sleep with him. And this woman went white. And she was like, what? She was like, I know you've been thinking about cheating on your husband because you're not in love with him anymore. You haven't slept together in weeks. Dude, when I tell you I lost my mind, everyone around us, this woman was like, can I talk to you after? <laughs> How do you know that? And Rosie was like, you told me to tell you what you were thinking. That's crazy. So people can see shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, long story short, this woman did almost sleep, almost cheat on her husband. I think they're divorced now. Rosie kept in touch with her. It was really funny. That's also a good point, though, because my next statement was going to be that people like Sears will often use it as a form of entertainment, <laughs> whether they make money off of it or it's a, it's a fun party trick. We do it at parties all the time. It's entertaining regardless. Like... And I think that I want to experience that. I want her to tell me what I'm thinking, because it's going to be pizza, 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 pizza. I have said it several times. I thoroughly enjoy Rosie reading everyone else's thoughts and seeing what their perspectives are. But not you. But I hate it when she does it to me. (laughs) Depending on the culture, there are many different types of seers. They come by different names, different languages, but they still exist as seers with different... uh, slightly fluctuating different abilities uh in general they have like the same idea you know seeing things that like a normal human being like you or i cannot see Um, it might even be to access the spirit world itself um, which Mm -hmm. we will also talk about a lot later on (laughs) Mm -hmm. um you know some seers have like omens that they see you know that's why people like like to read tea leaves stuff like that um, they use different phenomena to decipher uh, different insights and do readings and stuff like that. And in ancient Greek myths, they were given their powers by the gods. Here's your history. It's not a lot, but it's a little bit, Kaylin. In Greek mythology, an example of this is Tiresias knew Oedipus killed his father. Oedipus. Oedipus? Oedipus. 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 Uh, yep. Killed boy. his father. <laughs> um, <laughs> other seers were able to predict future... How did I get Tiresias, but I messed up Oedipus? Tiresias Caputo. <laughs> other seers were able to predict future events, just like Cass- Cassandra predicted the fall of Troy. I am mm. done my conversation now. <laughs> I'm really happy that one got you. <laughs> Just your typical Greek boy. <laughs> Except for one thing. I talk to the dead. I know Oedipus fucked <laughs> his mom. Oh, that was, that was good. That got me my giggly good. <laughs> Thank you. I was so proud of it. The second you said Tiresias, I was like, uh huh. This is my chance. <laughs> This is a typical Greek guy. Except for one thing. I know Oedipus fucked his mom. Um, but yes, seers, seers were a major part of Greek and Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, oracles were also a huge part of that. They were very similar, except, fun fact, oracles were often blind. I love oracles. They were, like, my favorite part about learning about, like, the mythologies and stuff. You know what they were? And I can say this wholeheartedly. They were Jamie's fart. 
excuse me? <laughs> they were not my fart. I'm sorry. I have no idea what word you were attempting to say. <laughs> I can't get my lashes wet. <laughs> I got you and your giggle gut now. Bubble gut. I was like so not what I was trying to so funny about the word fart. <laughs> this is why Jamie's fart. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I said it with such confidence. And then immediately it was like, <laughs> my mouth was like, that's not what the brain was saying. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. As I was trying to say before my Freudian slip there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can say with confidence <laughs> that they were Jamie's favorite part. Mm -hmm. Combine those together into fart. Mm -hmm. They were Jamie's favorite part of playing the Greek island on Pop Tropica. <gasps> yeah. there, was a, there was a part of the quest where you had to go talk to the oracle at Delphi. Delphi? Delphi? De I said Delphi, but... That one. She, I can confirm she does love oracles. But we were talking about seers. Oracles and seers, different things. Yes. But I just think it's interesting that they're both very connected in mythology. Mm -hmm. And seers can see. Oracles have the same ability, but they were often blind. Cliff Clayton. Uh I am filled with fun facts that no one else considers fun. You gonna give us some more facts <laughs> about this next next topic? I am. Once I stop crying about the word fart, I'm really gonna. The world's not ready. I am almost twenty five years old, and I just sob laughed because I accidentally <laughs> said fart. It's actually kind of convenient, and I didn't even plan it. But it's kind of convenient that we're talking about the similarities yet ma major differences between something like a seer and an oracle. Because mm -hmm. one thing that I kind of want to jump off of my last topic about, but also talk about other people of the supernatural, um, is the similarities and differences between mediums that I was talking about, psychics, mm -hmm. and clairvoyants. Mm -hmm. So if you think about, like, modern day and modern uh, interaction with people of the paranormal, we don't really say that we talk to seers or oracles as much. I'm sure there are people that still do. But when you go to have a spiritual connection or a spiritual-based conversation with people, you usually say, oh, I'm meeting with a medium, or I'm meeting with a psychic, or I have a friend who's a clairvoyant. You're much more likely to hear those things than seer or oracle. Mm -hmm. But they are still along the same vein. They're very similar in the sense that there is some sort of connection that allows them to either use their intuition, use extrasensory perception, whatever it may be, to essentially see something that not all of us can. But I think a lot of people get confused between the modern versions of these things, I guess. So... <clears throat> We've already gone over what a medium is. I think it's important to to sort of reiterate that mediums are essentially a mediating link between people who are present on Earth and the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. They are who you go to if you are sort of seeking information about a loved one or an experience if you want more of a personal, a personalized connection to something specific, you go to a medium. A psychic, I said before, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Yeah, they're not like so, synonymous. No, so psychics use the energy 
and the vibrations and the, the spiritual fields that surround them, as well as their intuition, to focus on past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. So mediums have that ability, that psychic ability, to look into past, present, and future. But mediums take it a step further to convey the connections between the realms. Mm -hmm. A psychic, on the other hand, can provide clarity on questions you might have about your path of life, um, about your experiences, um, different aspects of your path. But they're not able to give you a direct connection to the spirit realm. Does that make sense? All mediums have a psychic ability where they can fine-tune that intuition. But not everyone who has that intuition can also translate that into a connection with the spiritual realm and spirits and loved ones. Mm -hmm. I don't know either. No, you you do not. (laughs) But does that... You're on the same page? Yes. Okay, sorry. Teacher voice came out there for a second. You're good. Give me a thumbs up if we're on the same page. Two thumbs up. They always go, ten thumbs up, and put all their fingers up. And I'm like, those aren't... You guys are actually stupid. You're little. I'm like, God. (laughs) How do you not know that? You're five. (laughs) So, along the same vein, again, we have a clairvoyant. So, someone who proclaims to be a clairvoyant uses psychic abilities, again, to visualize energy. Mm -hmm. So, this is the idea that we generally consider to be like the third eye. So, a clairvoyant, instead of looking at past, present, and future, a clairvoyant instead of fine-tuning the energy, I'm trying to explain this in the least confusing way possible, instead of fine-tuning that energy into past, present, future, a clairvoyant views the energy in forms of movement and colors and pictures and shadows. They look at your auras. So one of the psychic abilities is clairvoyance, a person who is psychic can connect to that energy, but a clairvoyant is a title for those who focus on that energy. Mm-hmm. People tend to be more likely to be clairvoyant than one would think. So those people who have very strong intuition, those people who can read off of your energy very well, are people who generally are considered to have a level of clairvoyance. And that's not necessarily a supernatural element, and I think that's an important thing to point out. You don't have to consider yourself psychic to know that you can read people's energies really well. If you walk in and you can read the room, that's a level of clairvoyance because you're Gaining knowledge based on the energy of a person, a circumstance, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So there's many similarities across these titles. And honestly, there's a decent amount of crossover. There's psychic abilities. There's mediumship abilities. Clairvoyance is a level of all of them. There's a lot of back and forth. But there are fundamental differences between spiritualist groups and I think it's important to be able to understand those to know when you're going to speak to someone probably the person in a tent at a fair who's claiming to be a clairvoyant for ten dollars uses the word like yeah like uses the word because it's a it sounds like a big fancy word that not a lot of people really consider Mm -hmm. and they're just taking your money to be like yeah your vibe is off Whereas if you invest, yeah, whereas if you put your money into, I go back to Jim, someone like Jim, who uses psychic abilities to connect to your past, present, and future, who has a level of clairvoyance where he can answer my call and say, 
why'd you sleep with your ex? You know? <laughs> like, that's a person that you want to consider because you've done your research and you understand the differences between the abilities. And that's why an episode like this is important because that's the knowledge that you need so you don't get fucked over. If nothing else. And that is that is my mini rant about that. I am kind of gonna switch up our vibe and talk about a different sort of supernatural person. I will also say I I got educated and humbled when I was doing my research. I started doing research on people called witch doctors. And in that, I learned that is actually a derogatory term. I Mm -hmm. had never heard it in a derogatory way, but it was originally from England in the 18th century, so of course it's racist. Fucking fucking England. But it was anthropologically inaccurate, big words, and pejorative, big words. Whoa! Yeah. So, um... I will say that is what my intention was, was to learn about this, but I have since learned they are also referred to in more traditional terms as medicine men or traditional Mm. healers. So I am probably going to just only refer to them as that because I don't want to offend anyone. But yeah, so medicine men, different Mm -hmm. stuff, not being able to see the future, but still helping people. I thought this was really interesting. They used their mystical powers that helped them to detect magic and to detect other people with magic and how to fight against them. So this healer typically is referred to as having three jobs, that of a physician, a magician, and a priest, which I think literally sums it up perfectly. What a what a triple threat. Literally the the first definition of triple threat. Like they come in as like a healer, as a doctor. They can administer like traditional herbs and teas because they they know, oh you're not feeling well, this is what you need. They also know, hey, I noticed there's some like bad omens on you right now, and they can administer treatment to get rid of that. And also as a priest of some sort, maybe they notice some, I don't know how to say it, like religious stuff that needs to be addressed as well. Mm-hmm. And they were qualified to deal with that as well. They could take care of physical, mental, emotional, all the traumas. <laughs> all the traumas <laughs> that you have and need, gone. They're helping you. Um, and they can use it with their supernatural powers. And I don't like that I saw a lot of, like, not peer-reviewed sources, but, like, I saw a lot of papers describing them as, like, primitive cultures and, like, Mm. illiterate societies. And I didn't like that because these people were very qualified in what they were doing. They saved a lot of lives, and it made me kind of mad. And I will point out, they still are. They are still what? Helping people? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot... I don't think. I know for a fact. I'm going to hop on my soapbox here again. Yes. That a lot of these sources Mm -hmm. are coming from a very primitive and racist background. In the Western world. (laughs) Because traditionally, cultures that have medicine men are indigenous. They're African American. They're Mm -hmm. African. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, at its core, coming from a racist place where, oh, we don't understand how this is happening. We don't understand what this means. It's it's not not our religion. So it's not real. It's fake. It's wrong. It's scary. Which I think is so stupid. (laughs) Like, just because you don't believe that it works because you don't understand how it works doesn't mean it's true. 200 years ago, we thought the earth was flat. Guess what? It's not. (laughs) I mean, to be to be completely honest, I'm going to try... Let's take voodoo. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to trust a voodoo medicine man mm-hmm. and get, take their insight over my family doctor who tells me that the amount of pain that I'm in is probably just because I'm a woman and I cramp sometimes. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. And yeah, so I didn't I didn't want to talk about, you know, traditional healers without mentioning, hey, I think that this is really kind of racist and that we should have more sources written by people who know what they're talking about and who will say it in a nice, neutral, or just a positive way. Because I was really disappointed and... I don't know. It just annoyed me. Totally. I think it's... I'm glad that you brought it up because I think it's something... As more and more people are becoming interested in aspects of the paranormal and aspects of different cultures and stuff. Yeah. I think it's important to call that stuff out. Yeah. If you want to be educated on a topic, you also have to realize that a lot of these sources are quite biased. And if you don't acknowledge the bias, you're contributing to it. So... Yeah. And that's the thing. At first, I was like, oh, I just, I'll, like, I'll ignore these sources or, like, I'll not look at that wording. And it's like, what good is that doing? Someone else is going to go out and research it and see those words and, unfortunately, maybe form an opinion like, oh, yeah, that is primitive, actually. (laughs) Ha ha, that's stupid. And I don't want that. I want... No, I want everyone to be open to it because you never know. A medicine man, a traditional healer could save your life. You don't know. I also think we talked about this. Was it? I think it was during our um, ghost hunting equipment episode Mm -hmm. where it's so important to acknowledge the basis of other religions and people like healers in circumstances where if you believe any of it at all, if you're faced with something in that culture, Mm -hmm. if you're faced with something that a medicine man should be dealing with, like an indigenous, um, like an earth spirit, something that is not the traditional, like, oh, it's a poltergeist, it's a demon. If someone who acts as a priest, a magician, Mm -hmm. and a healer is able to be beneficial to you based on the culture and the the idea of where the stressor is coming from, Mm. why is that not, like, why would that not be something that you go for? Yeah. A Catholic priest is just going to piss that thing off. It's going to make it worse. (laughs) Why are we not open to the idea of talking to a cultural individual about the cultural thing? Yeah. It's baffling to me. Anyway, that's my... It's a good segue. Speaking of religions... (laughs) What about them? Terrible. Just kidding. Um... (laughs) I want to talk about prophets. Which I learned what they are today. Yes, she did. (laughs) So, fundamentally, I think talking about prophets is interesting from a historical perspective. So when we think about prophets, the dictionary defines a prophet as a person regarded as an inspired teacher or or a proclaimer of the will of God. Mm-hmm. And this is a very westernized description. Yes. So a more generalized idea is, I mean, yes, they are a teacher or a proclaimer of the word of a God. But all of this being said, the existence of prophets and prophetesses are not exclusive to the Catholic or the Christian God. Mm-hmm. This sort of basically direct contact with a divine being is not just for Christianity. They're also seen prominently in Judaism, in Islam, in ancient Greek religions, in um, an Iranian religion known as Zoroastrianism, Mm. in Hinduism, 
in old Parthian religions, many others. Like there's the idea of an individual acting as an intermediary with humanity and a divine being that are able to relay prophecies, mm -hmm. which we all generally consider to be, I don't know, I think, actually, Jamie's confusion on this is a good a good indicator that I think a lot of people, and I made fun of Jamie, but genuinely, <laughs> I think a lot of people think that prophecies are seeing the future. Mm -hmm. That is not the case. A prophecy is just a message that has been communicated to a person by a supernatural entity, by that divine being. They contain divine will, divine law, so it could be this will happen, this is what I've set in stone. Or it could be knowledge. It could be just a general message of like, hey, you guys are kind of fucking this up. Can we <laughs> fix this? Or like, hey, I actually, I didn't really want that bull. Um, yeah. You sacrificed the wrong type of bull. If you could do it again. <laughs> like, it's, it's literally just a god of some type being like, hey, you guys. This is what I have to say. <laughs> like... Valid. That's all that it is. And I think it, it gets blown into blown out of proportion based on <laughs> shocker. Catholicism and Christianity. They've kind of made it a bigger deal than it is. Um but these there's a there's a painting of Isaiah, a biblical prophet, in the, the Sistine Chapel ceiling. Mm -hmm. They are fundamental aspects of so many religious stories. Um you guys know how much I love etymology. You know how much I love deriving the meaning of words. So the word prophet is a compound of a Greek word derived from pro, Ooh. which means before or toward, and phacene, which means to tell. So a prophetes, or however you would say it in ancient Greek, that's one language I do not speak, <laughs> is yes. someone who conveys messages occasionally foretelling future events but just acting as an advocate or a speaker going to tell sending a message forward so it's it's quite a quite a basic concept that gets overlooked and i think it gets complicated mm -hmm. but what i think is interesting about these portrayals of it across religion is that they are such a fundamentally important concept. If you look at the Prophet Muhammad getting the, the revelations, if you look at St. John the Baptist, there's, like I said, Isaiah. Um, if you look at, fucking look at Joseph Smith from the Mormons. The Mormons know. had a prophet. And they were oh. like, this This guy just said that he found gold plates, and he they were the word of God, and people just had to believe it. <laughs> the idea of a, an individual being trusted as a teller of important messages, of divine messages... Is something that has gone across cultures. It's gone across history. And it's... At its core, it's become a fundamental aspect of the importance of humanity and divinity acting as one. And I think that's something that's really interesting when you look at mediums, seers, clairvoyants, psychics, even medicine men. It's that connection between divinity and us, and how there's always, I don't know, there's always something for us to look at. There's always something for us to learn, to grow from, and to connect to that is higher than us, that is out of our control, but that there's something we can do with that information. And I also think when it comes to prophets and prophetizing things, it's something not to shit on any Mormons, but I'm going to let my opinion seep through a little bit. 
It's something that people really take advantage of sometimes. Mm. And I think the creation of the Mormon religion in and of itself is an example of that. Because this this dude in the U.S. was just like, hey, God told me this and you guys just have to believe it. <laughs> and everyone was like, okay. And it worked. And took it. And it worked. Look at them. But it, they took it as, as gospel. Mm. So the impact of... The word of a prophet and the power that you can have when you claim to have this connection to divinity really shows the significance of whether you're originally a religious person or not of wanting to believe in a higher being mm-hmm. and i think fundamentally we all have that innate desire to think that there's something more we will not all continue with that People are allowed to believe whatever they want. Mm. But I think at our core, we want to think that there's something bigger. Mm. And prophets are a cross-cultural and historically accurate way of portraying that. I'll wrap it up quickly with my last one. (laughs) I literally can't shut up. I can tell. This is a long episode. So, I want to talk for my final piece about shamans. I've heard about them ever since I was little. I think they're really interesting. I'd love to meet one if you're a shaman. Contact us. Um, So shamans in a lot of societies are considered healers and they function as intermediaries between physical and spiritual world. Um, Which again furthers my point. mm Mm-hmm. In this thought process, it's that illness is caused by something missing in your soul, something wrong with something inside of you. Uh-oh. Don't give me those eyes. <laughs> I'm not talking about you specifically, don't worry. Um, but as it's a healer, warm in here all of a the shaman's role is to enter that spiritual world and go help you. Go save your soul. If it's lost, bring it back. If it needs to be healed, to heal it. Um, that That's also where the, the use of the term spirit guides also comes from. Um, and I thought this was kind of fun. Uh, the use of psychoactive plants and fungi were used to help enter this spirit world in some cases. So... Some mind-altering substances like mushrooms, certain types of mushrooms. I was going to say, so we can just take shrooms? Well, that's where the theory comes from that people are like, oh, but the government doesn't want us to have these drugs because they help us see the truth. I walked past a mushroom store in Vancouver, and that was wild to me. There's no way that's legal. It's Vancouver. (laughs) They don't give a shit. That's funny. But yeah. Um, So they would use these uh, substances as a gateway to the spirit world. Uh, So plants or specific, you know, totem animals were used to assist uh, shamans in the spirit world. Mm. And they helped with your consciousness, unconsciousness, subconsciousness. They got all up in your consciousnesses. Okay, Freud. (laughs) Don't even get me started. <laughs> um, and they, like, they have real testimonies that, like, the spirit world is real. And that that's really good to me. That feels good to me. Um, because I don't have a lot of faith, <laughs> but I want <laughs> to. Um, but, you know, shamans are considered healers uh, in the same vein as, like, priestesses um priestesses is that the right word priestesses mm-hmm. um and priestesses. they have like importance that apparently rivals like mystics and stuff and i just think they're really interesting and i've heard nothing but good things about them <laughs> i agree i feel like anytime i've heard of someone having an interaction with a shaman it's like life-altering yeah in the most positive way Oh, yeah, and historically, they're most often associated with indigenous and tribal societies. I feel like when I picture a shaman, 
I don't know why I'm thinking about Pop Tropica this much today. <laughs> I picture like the mountain guide. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what island it was on, but you had to like beat him at Mancala to get in somewhere. That sounds familiar to me. But that's what I picture, like, someone who's connected to nature, connected to the mountains. And, like, especially, I think that, like, when it says, like, they're associated with, like, indigenous societies and stuff, they know their stuff. They've got us with the sage, with the tobacco leaves, like, they know what they're talking about. So, of course, I'm gonna believe this shaman who's like, hey, your soul is lost, you need me to help? Yes. A hundred percent. Do you want to wrap us up, Caitlin? I would love to. I will do my best to do it quickly. Final thoughts Um, and conclusions. (laughs) I think people of the supernatural, people of the paranormal, are such a fundamental aspect of the human condition. Mm -hmm. I think being open to... Not necessarily believing it for yourself, but being open to understanding the positive impact that spirituality can have for people Mm -hmm. makes a major difference in how you approach topics like this and how you approach interactions with humanity in general. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that is interesting to learn about no matter what. And I would love to hear your perspectives on if you have any interactions with any people of the paranormal, if you yourself feel like you have any sort of connections, we would love to know what your thought is. So if you would like to share that, because you're probably tired of hearing our thoughts, (laughs) I will correct that. You're probably tired of hearing my thoughts. Um, (laughs) If you would like to share your opinion... Let us know what your experiences are, what your perspectives are. We would love to hear it. You can send us an email at creepsandcoffee at gmail.com. You can take a look at our Instagram and our Twitter, which are at creepsandcoffee. If you would like to help support the show and fund our caffeine-fueled recording sessions and maybe get a little bit more of an inside look behind the scenes of our show, you can check out our Buy Me A Coffee page, which is buymeacoffee.com slash creepsandcoffee. Um, but yeah, I am very excited to start off 2024 on a positive note with some more learning, some more growth, and let's see what, what this year has in store for us. Maybe we'll find a seer and see what they have to say. Yeah. Sayonara, babes. I gotta go. <laughs> Happy 2024. Happy 2024. Goodbye. Creeps and Coffee is produced and edited by us, Kate and Jane. Our theme music is Stuck in a Hole by Dayton. For more information on where to find them, check out the link in our show notes. And to connect with us, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Creeps and Coffee.